o'clock and uh, it's uh, time for the next bit of today's one two three show uh, which is uh, the tuesday report uh, ahead of the international hamburger day which is this thursday on the 28th of may andrew dambina interviews grill chef james glatzmeyer on this popular dish and also hears about his ideas on how we can attempt to make some at home That's the sound of a burger sizzling on a hot plate and for good reason. It sets the tone for this week's food and drinks report because in two days' time, on May the 28th, it's International Hamburger Day. Just in case you didn't know. And in the run-up to this, restaurants that serve meat between two buns or other combinations of ingredients inspired by this globally enjoyed dish have been announcing special deals, particularly as it's still not business as usual with COVID-19 forcing the cloud over normal dining operations for some time. Morton's, one of the biggest meat restaurants in the US, who do have some branches in Asia, including here, in the run-up to International Hamburger Day, for one day last week was selling gourmet burgers with truffle fries for a mere 13 US dollars. Meanwhile in Hong Kong, some gourmet burger operations are putting on some special offers. It's pretty easy to Google around to find out which places are doing this. Plus, Impossible Foods, one of the top two US plant-based mock meat producers, is working with around 10 restaurants across Hong Kong, known for their gourmet burgers, putting forward meatless burger offers, some of them in set meals. So that's something else you might Google. On to our guest interview for today, though, telling us about all things hamburger. It's Chef James Glatzmeyer, who's worked for many a restaurant that serves a good burger around Hong Kong. Hi, I'm James. I've been a chef in Hong Kong for about uh, 15 years. I was most recently at The Globe. Working at The Globe was being in a gastropub. We did get a lot of orders for burgers. My boss made a big effort to really produce a decent burger. He just added a little bit to it. It was good. So it seems really that any kind of restaurant that you think of these days, I've, I've seen burgers on a menu in Korean restaurants in Hong Kong, you're mentioning British, it's become a perennial favourite, hasn't it? Why, why do you think that is? I, I just guess it's beef, you know, I think people just like to have that once in a while. You know, not, not every day, not all the time, but every now and again. There are other burgers as well. There's, there's vegetarian options. There's uh, tempeh, also makes mm. a really nice burger. There's any number of options. As a chef then, what should people know about the type of meat or a vegetarian burger? Is there a certain flavor profile that people should be thinking of if they want to make a burger at home? You know, for me, it's powdered garlic and yeah. powdered onion. They're both genuine vegetables yeah. that are being dehydrated and ground up into a powder, but they do have a particular flavor profile. Profile. For me, it's something that I grew up with. That's what my dad put on his burgers, you know, over charcoal at home growing up. And he made a damn good burger. Okay, I'll rewind there a second. Should people even bother to make their own burgers at home? There is so much available from uh, butchers or supermarket shelves. Do, do people need specialist mincers or just buy mince? Can you chop it up or is that too rough to use for a burger? You can certainly chop it up. If you make steak tartare in a restaurant, we, we used to do that a la minute. So yeah. that means like to order. It takes about five minutes to cut up enough to make a burger. Steak tartare is, is very lean. It's not something you would want to make a burger from. For a burger, ideally, you want something that's about 50% fat. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, as we all know, the flavor is in the fat. Mm. People have just changed their uh, their options. They don't want that anymore. 
So you actually have to look a bit harder for a 50% fat content, you reckon? You do. You can order it from a, from a butcher or you can buy the fat and mix it up with the you know with with, with some lean yeah, beef yeah. and that, that's it that's a good tip now talking about things going into the mix that are animal product burgers like sausages have had certain myths attached that they might have all of the rubbish offcuts thrown in bits and pieces that people don't really want to talk about over lunch <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is there much truth in that it's not, no it's, it's really not true burgers generally are made of uh, a cut called chuck which is like, i guess is like a shoulder cut you know other, other cuts like that like flank Butcher steak, you know, you know, hanging tender. That's good quality stuff. What about for your average burgers that people are having in some of the places that are more, you know, reasonably priced? Chuck is probably going to be it. Yeah. It just works best when it's been minced. I think that if you're making a burger at home, you know, you fire up the grill on your balcony or your roof or whatever, that uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with going to the butcher and getting something that has a, like a higher fat content than maybe you would normally find in, you know, the supermarket. Okay, so really briefly, could you take us through the process? You've got your mince. What are you then adding to that minced beef? You know, for me, I, I, I really don't add a lot. I would put some, uh, some, some egg white into it yeah, uh, and yeah. salt, black pepper, and then I would form the patty and then put the powdered onion and powdered garlic on top of the patty once it's done and on the grill. Okay, so that's for beef eaters. Some people don't eat red meat at all. We can't go through the whole lot. That's pork and lamb and those possibilities. But what would you recommend for someone who wants to go for something a bit lighter like chicken? How would they approach that in a burger? A, a chicken burger can be an absolutely lovely thing. Again, it's probably going to be about the fat content yeah. and just whatever flavors you want to add to it. Chicken is so versatile. You can make it taste like whatever you want. The chicken breast, no, notoriously, is something that you can go wrong with as being dry. Would you use the leg more than the yeah, breast? Uh, yeah, I would probably get like boneless chicken leg or if, if we can find like a minced chicken thighs, chicken legs, whole legs, whatever, without the skin. Any must-have seasoning in that burger? Are you sticking with the dry onion and garlic? Personally, I'm fine with that. But uh, like I said before, chicken is so versatile. You can just make, you could make mm. like, a, like, a, like a Thai curry burger. Wow. You, you could just do, you know, whatever you want. So, you know, the places I've worked, we haven't really concentrated on, on producing like a, like a vegan or a vegetarian option as a burger. But I've had vegetarian burgers in other places that, that I was really impressed with. Um, I guess like bean-based was really, really good. Quinoa, you know, tempeh, yeah. I think is, is probably a decent option. One that I had that I might not have ordered, but I tried when I was doing some food writing, was a portobello mushroom burger. And I've just remembered, I, it was grilled, it was not marinated, but it was coated in kind of slightly spiced sauce. There was a kind of a meaty feel to it with this huge mushroom that was kind of interesting and surprising. I did work in a place when they make their mix the mince mix yeah. to make the burgers they would put in portobello mushrooms ah. exactly for that yeah. reason preferred recipe you know like portobello mushrooms when you grill them um, they have kind of ingrained smoky yeah. taste so it imparts that into mm. the rest of the burger there's a nice chewiness to them there, there wasn't enough used to, oh. to really give you any kind of mouthfeel it, it would add that smokiness is there anything that you've made yourself that you've been particularly proud of as a burger combo in the mix one that I really like I, I, I hate to say that it's not beef it's pork what I did basically was copy a Italian sausage recipe yeah. and make that into a burger so with fennel wow. seed and, and some chili flakes and things oh, wow. like that and, and yeah it, it was really popular that works really well in sausages I love that softer experience in a burger the patty yeah you need to add like like some breadcrumbs a bit more egg to make it to keep it uh mm. tender or or you could just add like 
More fat. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, more fat. Yeah, that does it. <laughs> what can we say? So we've talked about the patty and, uh, and what is the main content of a burger. How about any don't use or must use accompanying veggies that you would put between the buns or relishes, which for you are either a no-no or a go-to? For me, the burger is dill pickles, mustard, ketchup, American-style relish, that's it. Classic. Are there any other types of meats like, say, chicken or the Italian pork sausage version that you did that you kind of think benefit from other relishes? You know, if you want to make it special, you could just put, like, you could use Stilton and grilled oh. onions, you know, on, on, on a burger. That oh, that's, is just absolutely fantastic. That sounds great, actually, yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't need to use a whole bunch of things. If you want to, like, up the ante a little bit, mm. something like that. Now, talking about upping the ante, what about these super-duper gourmet burgers? I watched a TV program that with Gordon Ramsay. He went around different parts of the world with two other chefs, an Italian and a French chef. They went to Las Vegas. They tried a Wagyu burger that was served with a foie gras slice and a few other bits and pieces. And if I'm not wrong, it was over 700 US dollars. And it's very well known in Las Vegas. What do you reckon on that kind of burger? I, I just think that kind of thing is just, is just absolutely insane. There's just no reason for it. I wouldn't even spend that much money on a nice ribeye steak, yeah. to be honest. You can make a burger as good as you can possibly make it. But, you know, a chef that I worked for, who was he's a very, very good chef, you know, we were, we were talking about burgers, and, and I, have a, I have a long history of making burgers. And what he said to me was, you know, you can make it as good as you like, as good as you can, use the most expensive meat, whatever, but at the end of the day, a burger is still just a burger. And the funny thing is, watching these guys eat this in this TV food show, celebrity chefs, there was some egg in there, the juice from the foie gras was dripping all over their hands. There's no elegant way to eat a burger. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Uh, has it made you laugh working in some restaurants? Have you ever seen people pick up a knife and fork to one? Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I, I think, didn't Trump do that or was that with pizza? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Another faux pas. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so I guess at the end of the day, like, burgers are something that everyone can enjoy. It doesn't matter where you're from. There, there's, there's an option, you know, in so many different countries. If you're lucky enough to have a backyard or your balcony or your roof, you fire up the barbecue, throw on, you know, like a, like a beef patty, make yourself whatever kind of burger that you like and, and just enjoy it. And, and so many people do. Thanks, James. And happy International Burger Day to you on Thursday. Well, thank you indeed. Sure, and that was Chef James Glatzmeyer, uh, who was the who mans the grill stations in restaurants and gastro pub kitchens all around Hong Kong, and he was talking to Tuesday food and drink reporter Andrew Dembe.